Hey guys, welcome to and ladies, welcome to the second episode of the Foodie Fantasy Podcast. Today we have uh, in the studio first uh, Choma. Hi. Uh, Manchester United fan. Whoop. We have Yemi also in yes, the studio. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having Both me. Both making their first appearance. Uh, interesting discussion on the title today is playing the youth. You know, just piggybacking on the fact that. Different teams now are playing the youth in the English Premier League. So we're going to be discussing pitfalls and advantages of Chelsea, Manchester United playing the youth. Playing out of the back is a hot topic, which is going out in the league, you know, currently in the league. In Europe, everybody's trying to play out the back. We're trying to figure out, have teams actually figured out how to play out of the back or people figuring them how to counter that. And so far, we've gone six games into the EPL, five games at the time of recording. Which game is the most entertaining EPL game so far? We'll start um, with the pitfalls and advantages of Chelsea and Man United playing the youth. And we'll talk to Mr. Yemi. Tell us why. Well, pitfalls and advantages from playing the youth, Chelsea and Manchester United. I think with Chelsea, they had no choice. They just had to go youth because of their transfer ban. And I think it's good for them because now we're seeing more we're seeing more of their youth play. And then we're seeing some quality in their youth. Mount, Abraham, these are guys that are now showing that at least they can ball in the league. Looking at Manchester United, I would say that I've not seen much of the youth to actually come out and say, yes, there's an advantage. Because, I mean, listen, let me just say that I need to see more from the youth. I need to see Greenwood more. No, but basically what we know about Greenwood is this dude can strike. Snares to Van Persie. No, but we've not really, really seen him. Left to me, I would love to see him play more so that we can actually see. Because I can't compare him right now to Mount. Mount or Abraham because Correct. they play steady. They play every week. Gomez, too, another good guy that I think that a lot of people have been raving about him. No, but we've not seen them play. We are still... Manchester United is still stuck with playing Matic and Mata. So, I mean, have we really, really benefited really from the youth? Wambasaka is young. But, like, we can't say he's Manchester United really because we bought him. Correct. So, so at least, that's my point. Okay. Good point. Um, Madam Chema, should um, I call you C? We'll call you CC. Well, um, for me, um, it's all about youth, right? I mean, they say charity begins at home. And Correct. in this day and age of the market, like, you want to um, see what you have in the um, within the home. And... I feel I've not actually paid so much attention to Chelsea, but um, I see in general coming from the United point is that we have youth that really want to play. But then I wouldn't say put them all out in the field, let them do their thing because they are still timid. I think one of the advantages or some of the advantages that I'm going to credit to them is that they have that hunger, that hunger to go, 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 right? That hunger to like actually make the field their stage. But still, you could still see that they still lack that experience and they're still intimidated, especially when they come in front of the goals and all that stuff. They can't just like, they they don't have that clinical finish. And I feel like more work is needed and we can't really blame everything on them because then you have like, some leadership is still lacking with the like grown I'm gonna say the grown-ups right so it's like if they don't have that um shepherd in that in that form to lead them they're like they get lukewarm they don't really like have that resilient to actually like conquer so I feel like um putting them into play is a good opportunity to actually um see what we have what talent we have 
and we could also see it as an investment to to know what to let go of and what to hold um, down because homegrown is always is to me it's always the best because then you know you have that talent you grow with it they have the passion is embedded in them and all they can do is keep giving to the club and I feel somehow management will have to figure out how to like you know incorporate them into play but not necessarily giving them like the game and say hey go do your thing so that's what I have so far mm, I like your analogies I'll call you Pastor Sissy going for it now <laughs> see <laughs> Shepherd. It's Sunday, so it's Sunday, Sunday, so still filled with the spirit. So, (laughs) Pastor Sissy here doing do the Lord's doing the Lord's work (laughs) after the loss. You know, I we gotta calm down and just look up to Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Sissy doing the Lord's work here at the Foodie Fantasy Towers. Uh, My opinion about pitfalls. Um, I think playing the youth is it can be very overrated, but I think it's critical to you know i'll speak from united point of view from united dna we grow the youth the reality of playing the youth in my opinion is there should be a structured style of play in teams and you embed the youth and but in a situation like this where a squad is paper thin i personally do not see anything wrong in throwing the youth in there because this is the way i see it i feel like it's it's a sink or swim society right now whoever is good enough to swim and who is not good enough to sink right and the point that probably not good enough, not necessarily good enough in totality, might not be good enough right now. Current pressure, and the person can move on to a different place, maybe go on the loan and try in a different environment and become better. We've seen that happen so many times. So many of our youth players in the past that tried somewhere else, you know, the short crosses. It, so that's that's the way I see it. In, in Chelsea's case, I, I admire what Lampard is doing. Obviously, they have a better loan system, which they've structured over the years. You know, by blooding in the youth, sending them out for loan. Some of those youth players have had like two years' experience behind them. True. But the most important thing is also the manager, the structure, the braveness of the manager True. to have a style of play and see how those youth players can, you know, Fitting. function in that style of play. So those are our thoughts here. Can I say something to that? Too? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I mean, like you nailed it on the head, really. I mean, I mean, for me, I think looking at Chelsea, we're talking about youth. If you look at the past, when we brought like the class of '92 in. Everybody talks about our class of 92, but a lot of people don't talk about the fact that we already had a spine. That team had experienced the Bruce's, the Bruce's, the, the, like, the McAllister's, Dennis Erwin. These people were leaders in the team. So when those youth came, they, they still had to ride on these people's shoulders. No, but that team had a structure. That team had a way they were going to play. It was easier for the likes of Scholes and Giggs and Gary Neville to just come in and just listen, fulfill a role. A lot of people did not know that. They didn't play that much games, really, all of them together. Fergie would play two Two, two or this, three in one game and put the experience and just let them in. Our case here now at Manchester United is that we have the experienced people. No, but the experienced people, I, I don't see them having that leadership quality like those people had in the past. We're like, we're like the youth can come and ride on their shoulders. Oh, man, look at us. We are relying on Greenwood, Greenwood now to come and be giving us 15 to 20 goals a season. This is a board that has not played a lick of this in professional football. That's where Manchester United is. Is he supposed to be riding on Rashford's shoulders? Is Rashford supposed to be teaching him something? Well, like the coach came out and said that Greenwood is the best striker we have in the club. I mean, like, if you're hearing that, if you're Greenwood, if you're not seriously humble, that can be a reason, a reason even for you to be prideful and say, you know what, Rashford, man, you trash. I can go up there and be a real Van Persie now in this, in this place. I can come and take your job. So I think right now we have to look at structure. You always talk about structure. I think if the structure is good enough, those people that embed youth, a team like this, 
back now. If they bring youth in, they bring youth into a system. You fit into that system or you're gone. Dotmon, you fit into a system. You don't fit into that system, you don't. Yeah. Okay. Um uh, thing which you hear me playing out at the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen too many teams try to do a variation of you. We've seen when Emery's Arsenal tried to do it recently <laughs> in comic era. Even we've seen probably the best team of playing out of the back, <coughs> Man City. You know, four shot last week while playing out the back. So he didn't tell us if I've changed figured out playing out the back or playing out the back. Is playing out of the back the new the new trend now? Yes, playing out of the back is the new trend. I think it comes even from not just not just players, but from the keepers philosophy. If you're a ball possessing team, there's no point of you just kicking the ball. You have to keep the ball. You keep the ball from your goalkeeper to the post. Correct. So how do you keep the ball? You transition the ball from the goalkeeper to defense, from defense to midfield, from midfield to attack. So now, but now the thing there is, teams are now learning how to play this against teams that play ball from the back. Because guess what now? Teams now have speed and teams study you. Mm-hmm. Teams know like, know like the tendencies. This is the gear now, I can tell you the gear. The gear has this tendency of when he gets the ball, he looks straight into the middle to give the ball to either Fred or this in Pogba. A team that scouts us well, we just go close up on Fred and Pogba or probably give him a little bit of space so that when they get the ball, they quickly lash on him. So listen, it's something that teams are still trying to figure out how well to play from the back. But, but like in those days, in those days, it used to work because number one, they weren't as quick. And, and the second thing is teams don't really press up high. Now, now man, we're having a lot of teams that press higher up the field. So this, if you're passing from behind, you have to pay attention to the fact that you have teams that are quicker with more quality. Well, like guys can just nick the ball off a defender and just dribble one or two players and they can shoot and score. So now I, the second question is, is it good? I say it is good. If I'm a coach of a team, I want us to play from the back. But also, I won't only play from the back. There has to be a plan B. If I see that a team is closing up on me so much and, and, I, and I don't have that time, Apart from quality or not, you have to be able to vary it. Pep variates. Sometimes he plays from the back. If he says that the pressure is too much, he punts the ball into midfield or gives it to somebody wide and a person puts the ball into midfield. So, yeah. Okay. Do you believe in playing out from the back? Well, I, I don't really have so much opinion on um, playing out from the back. Okay. But I'm going to say um, if you have... Um, if you do your research based on the team you're playing against, you have players that can, you know, um, sit in form to like, I think, okay, let me, let me just go back. I think it might be a good strategy to play out from the back because okay. what you want to do at the end of the day is to weaken, to make the defense come forward, like weaken um, the defense. And um, I could actually see that happening when with some teams. So I think it's on the rise because I could see that happening with some teams uh, when they visit like Manchester, like Manchester United, I'm going to use that for example, Correct. because we have a keeper who doesn't like uh, um, the ball at his feet and all that stuff. So they're going to find a way, they've been finding ways to like, you know, make him that weekend. And we have like almost like a good defense per se. So if you have a team, let's say, let's use City as an example, coming, playing out of playing out from the back. Okay. And at some point, they're going to weaken our defense. And at some point, it's like the goal is just going to come in. Come in. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is something that um, a lot of teams are using to the advantage. I don't think they've perfected it just well enough, but I think it's something that we're going to see down in the future. So, Okay. Uh, good point, for sure. Good point. Um, I think playing out of the back is... 
it's definitely beneficial because the whole idea of playing out the back is keep the ball. You know, the more I have the ball, the less you have the ball. And just uh, common sense is less you have the ball, I can hurt you. I can hurt you, man. I can prevent you from hurting me. Mm. So also, if you know, if you perfect the system, like I would say, um, clubs like Liverpool, Man City, for sure, have perfected the system. The, there's a big likelihood that once they, once you try to even press them, and they break your press, mm. the likelihood that they can hit you on the break is very rare. Because now your midfield is out of place, mm-hmm. your defense is more open, and they can hit you in different sides of the pit. So for sure, play that back. I just also think sometimes teams like to force it. And I think a lot of times some of it is player-driven in the sense that even though the managers, you know, they, pra- they practice playing out of the back during training, some players typically, like, the, for example, the Arsenal goal against, was that Watford? They were trying to force it. And I think at some point as a player, I should be able to understand situations, understand when, okay, if I pass it to this guy, if this... If the, if the opposing player presses me, at this point, he can lose the ball. Yeah, he can go long a little bit or just go wide. She should be able to understand that situation quickly and remedy it. Now, if it becomes a trend, which a lot of Arsenal fans have told me that it's been a trend, did that the Watford game was the first time they considered a goal, but they've been trying to force this player at the back. And that falls on the coach's lap for them to like actually practice that trend. Okay, you guys recognize situations that, in this particular situation, you can go deep or you can go long. That those things are very, very important. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. so I can add to that. And not just that, there are different styles of playing from the back. You know, listen, there are like 20 different styles of you playing from the back. You can play from the back saying, I'm going to use my wings, mm-hmm. my wing backs. You get the ball, they pull so wide, you throw the ball to them and you start from there. There are some people that they play from the back with their center backs. They want their center backs to pull wide, mm-hmm. open up the field, and they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're like defensive midfielder becomes the additional defender center back. And there are some people that play from the back, but they play sh- straight to the midfield. So now listen, the thing is, see this, as you're walking with your team to play from the back, another team is walking on how they're going to counter okay. your playing from mm-hmm. the back. Okay. So now the thing is, you can practice different variations. Another team can say, you know what, if I'm going to stop you from playing from the back, I'll let you have your first two pass, but I'm going to trap you. After your first two pass, I'm going to close up everybody else. So guess what you're going to do? You're either going to have to punt the ball high and then you don't have no top person because you've zone marked all those spaces or probably you go back to your keeper. If you go back, we can now press you. Liverpool does that a lot. Such an American. Punt the ball. What are you punting? Punt the ball. Yeah, they call punt the ball. English, English. Is, I got ball from you. I got ball from you. English, English coach, I know. Say punt the ball. Okay. So basically, so that's what I'm saying. Like In every way that you try to work at your tactics, just know that these players, they have guys that are watching videos on mm-hmm. the way you play. They, they spend weeks on just watching your team, your searching. tendencies, okay. searching, and also watching different teams. Some of these players, man, they, they don't even need, like, listen, videos. We have some of these guys that have played in Spain, that have played in France. These guys are kings, kings of playing from the back. And they have coaches, too, that are there teaching them how to counter playing from the back. You can know the same players' tendencies. Okay. If I know that you, eh, you like the ball on your left foot, and I'll try and shadow your left foot so that they give you the ball on your right. right foot. Because I know that you are not that comfortable. I can jump you and have somebody else run. So, like, it's, it's just issue-washing. The players, too, on the field. Because, because really, a coach can't just be coming and be signaling. You need, you need to have leaders on the field that can say, you know what, this playing from the back now is not working. Now. Let's kick the ball wide or let's kick it up, at least for the meantime. Okay. So that we can change things around and later you can go, go back to kicking from the back. Okay, okay. Interesting. 
conversation. Staying with Yemi, what is your most entertaining game of the EPL season so far? How you can include this week's game? Doesn't matter. Man, my most entertaining game for me, the three games, the two that happened yesterday, uh, Tottenham, Leicester City. I felt that game was all fire from the beginning to the end. Okay. Yes, there was VAR. I mean, VAR came and showed their strength in the game. But, like, I mean, from top to end, it was rapid football. Some good football, good passes. Okay. We saw teams that saw teams that could possess the ball. And then we saw teams that were good and they played on the counter. We actually saw all types, like, all types of styles. Playing from the back, kicking the ball up, dominating the play, sitting back and hitting on counter. We saw all that. Also, Man City and Watford. <laughs> That was just a shellacking. <laughs> <laughs> I think I enjoyed that more. I enjoyed that more, 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 like really because of the goals. Okay. Because for the first time, I actually saw Man City actually dissect and destroy a team from defense like, like this. And some of their goals were just like this and a tapping inside the box. You have to be really good with quality players for you to be able to take the ball from defense and walk your pass, 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 and enter into the box and just start scoring tapping. Uh, my other one was, it's funny though, but like I'll take in bits, Manchester United, Wolverhampton, the first half. Simply because I'm a Manchester United fan and I enjoy the first half. <laughs> so I got to throw that in naturally. Okay. Yes, okay. I throw that in. No <laughs> Pastor Sisi, doing the Lord's work. Can you do, uh, do the Lord's work? <laughs> well, What's your most entertaining? Um, so I'm going to say... Well, I have I have like two that stood out for me the most. Um, not from this week's, but from like I guess last week. Yeah, um, it was the Tottenham and um, who did they play? Wait, um, no, no, scratch that. It was um, Man City and Norwich game that stood out for me the okay. most. Okay, last, yeah, last week. Okay. That was the one that stood out for me the most um, because. Um, it was one of those like beautiful moments of football where yeah. you actually like see like a big, like the underdog taking up on the, you on know, the bigger, the, the bigger dog. And um, it was one of those things that, all, one, it was a game that sort of like exposed um, cities like weak defense and um, the way um, Norwich was able to use that to the advantage, like mm -hmm. manipulated their mistakes to the advantage. And it was just interesting to see how City like considered to like two goals within like a space of um I think nine minutes or something like that. So yeah. that one was the one that stood out for me just because you have like this top dog, um and you have, of course, Liverpool on the sideline looking and it's like, okay, okay. <laughs> so it stood out for me because then um it also brings out the beauty of um um, EPL because then you're looking at you you really don't know what to expect Correct. going into yeah going into like the new week and um you might see a small team and you think you got this but at the end of the day it's like we actually don't so <coughs> <laughs> no no where's some my truth is well where's no, no, I, I, I was just scared my truth I, just, I actually I actually didn't think we got West Ham though I was scared for it I actually didn't think we I just cleared my truth well no, yeah nothing. so um so yeah that was um something that actually made me that game actually made me um appreciate this season a lot because then um we have like a couple of like a good amount of um newly promoted team and um a lot of like the oldies are still will still try to like understand you know their style and it's gonna be 
it's going to be a long season, like watching, like um, seeing how these old, um, newly promoted teams perform when they play the top dogs and, and all. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, which was very interesting. I like watching Norwich. For me, the two games that come to mind for me, well, there's one for pure entertainment value and one is just for bias for one player I like. <laughs> so the first one is not London Derby for sure. I enjoyed it. Um, which is Tottenham Arsenal, which was like two weeks ago. That was the two to one. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was the, that, that, that was, was very entertaining. Like it was a tale of both halves. Tottenham hit them so much on the break, scored good goals, should have scored more. Second half turned around, you know, Lacazette with a beautiful goal. That was entertaining and it was feisty. It was like I think, a blood clot. Like a blood clot. <laughs> like, like the Arsenal fans. That's true. I'm a blood clot. Yeah, that's what they say. So those games, they never fail to, you know, disappoint. It's feisty. It's it's a derby. It's a real derby. Yeah, and you see that quality of football is always still good. The other one, as a United fan, now I have to my United hat before I say this one. <laughs> man like Bobby Schmurder. I call him Bobby Schmurder. <laughs> Bobby Firmino, man. That this was his last game. I think last week against Newcastle, the guy put on some football artistry. In my opinion, and for me, I will say this. I said the last podcast, and I'll say it again. I like technically gifted players. And that's what attracts me when I'm, he made some passes that game that were delicious. They were like jollof rice. <laughs> for, for who are not Nigerians, what type of jollof rice though? Niger jollof. Okay. Sure. It was like Niger jollof. It's in Niger jollof. <laughs> right. It was de- delicious. <laughs> delicious. So yeah, I just want to give a shout out to my man. I know he's a Liverpool fan. He's a Liverpool player, but whatever. Uh, we, we are, we are going up so we can see we can like players regardless of who they play hey, for hey yeah true yeah. so man like Bobby Schmurder thanks thanks for that those flicks last week uh, I think we're come to the end of this episode guys Pastor CC for doing the Lord's work <laughs> thanks for coming if you are listening to this podcast yeah YouTube that, that shows I'm just a pure, pure YouTuber if you are listening to this podcast on all your favorite platforms Spotify Stitcher iTunes like Follow, share. Uh, thanks, Pastor Sissy, for coming and giving us the Lord's work. You're welcome. And uh, <laughs> Coach Yemi for coming on the podcast. I'm producer Bolu for being in the background, just nodding his head as always. And <laughs> laughing to your to your quiet version of Jollof Rice. <laughs> <laughs>